All right, so the big unveil. In this here bag, I have the beer that I selected for this episode. Ready? Ready. Would, and I think I think I, we I think we picked a pretty apropos beer for for our podcast. It comes from uh, Balderdash Brewing, <laughs> and it's called uh, uh, Sneaky Weasel. Sneaky Weasel. <laughs> <laughs> Foxy, shifty, wily, crafty, surprisingly smooth, deceptively strong. Balderdash.com. We'll yeah. shout out to the Sneaky Weasel folks. That's right. This is the AT Banter Podcast, a balanced and entertaining look at assistive technology, accessibility, and its importance in people's lives. Join Rob Minot, Ryan Flurry, and Steve Barclay as they banter with people around the world about anything and everything regarding assistive technology and the disability community. Now, on with the show. Hey, and welcome to another episode of AT Banter. 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 You guys can't do better than that on our two-year anniversary. That's it? Two uh, years? Did, did, didn't it's you hear a, that peppy intro? Come on, let's do it again. All right, all right. <laughs> this time years? with feeling. Yeah, two okay. years this week. Hey, and welcome to yet another episode of AT Banter. Woo! Banter, 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 banter. Oh, we banter. even got cowbell. Banter. <laughs> More cowbell. Banter. Yeah, and jingle sticks. And jingle sticks. Jingles, yeah. yeah. Where did we find jingle sticks again? Steve made them, I think. <laughs> you made more, did you? <laughs> We've been busy. I found, I found the original recipe. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about what kind of zap strap you use. See, you notice that it's yellow, or it's it's red and Christmas, green. Christmas color Very zap strap. That's right. yeah. It's yeah. even better than the original design, because I think those were just white. Uh, hey, I am Rob Minot, and joining me today, Mr. Steve Berkeley. Uh, hello there. Mr. Ryan Flurry. Hello. And Mr. Rick Chant. Good morning. Joining us, sitting in once again. And uh, hey, this is uh, it's a big show. Ryan, what, what kind of show is this? This is our two-year anniversary podcast show. Yay! Wee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. Two years. Who would have thunk that Not I. Uh, two years later... We'd be still sitting in front of microphones. I think Steve said that last week. You're never going to let us live that down, are you? No. And that was the week before last. Uh, well, listen, you know. But it's amazing the humble beginnings we've come from. Yeah. Indeed. You know, it's funny. Uh, over the weekend, I went and listened to our very first episode. And uh, <laughs> I'd like to say it's radically different than our episodes now. <laughs> but I like that we've but gotten better. But, uh, you know, <laughs> so, some aspects. But We're still uh, scraping lot, the bottom of, of the barrel. A lot yeah. of other aspects. It's pretty much, pretty much the same. We've learned nothing in two years. I wonder if there's anybody who's listened to every podcast. That's oh, if there is, they need a medal. Yeah, yeah, probably. And by now, they probably need some sort of counseling. Probably, <laughs> likely. Yeah. Yeah. So we need to come up with an AT Banter Podcast Award. And we don't, we don't, oh, we I don't like provide that. counseling. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we're, we're also, also we're also not insured, so don't sue us. <laughs> so this episode, I don't know. We we don't really have any solid plans. We don't have a guest. Uh, we don't even have too many news articles although there's a couple things that i i want to talk to you guys about 
But uh, in general, it's going to be a bit of a self-indulgent episode. Uh, you know, I think we might we might just do some general talks about uh, assess, assistive technology and, the and sneaky weasel episode. Uh, yeah, we have we have of course our, our beers. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is this is a drinking episode. Disclaimer. Disclaimer. Yeah, it's that's only right. going downhill from here. Although, good, good day, a. Eh? In our defense, it is eleven o'clock in the morning on a Monday, so, so the sun's it, it's not, not going to be as arm. bad as our first year episode where it was we recorded on a Saturday night and we got we got a little sloppy on that one. A little? That was it was a little sloppy. No, okay. That was your I, first one? No, that was our first year. Episode. Oh, yeah, right? that's right. Yeah. I'll have to go back and listen. I to it. vaguely remember uh, going to dinner with you guys afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> we went to dinner afterwards. Yeah, we did. I think we went to the we went to another pub. Uh oh, <laughs> not us. Yeah. <laughs> Say it isn't so. Imagine us at a pub, huh? It is crazy. Okay, so what do you what do you guys want to you want to talk about a couple news stories real quick before we we dive into the uh, the celebration of nothing? What the hell? <clears throat> so what's the news? Uh, let's see some news. This is this is an interesting one. Uh, I really don't know who's. I think Steve, you sent this one in. I think. Oh, yeah. Ford yeah, yeah. develops a car window that lets blind people see the view. Yeah. Uh, so I guess it's a it's a prototype, and uh, Ford is working on this window that they're calling Field of View. It's experimental technology, and it's using powerful LED lights to recreate the image and then passes vibrations through the glass of the window, that, which creates a physical reaction. Or, no, sorry that creates a physical recreation of the surrounding landscape that the passenger can then feel by running their hands across the window. What happens when you go through a topless drive-through? A, a car wash. This is a good question. These are clearly <laughs> things that Ford... <laughs> you, here we are, tactile porn again. Braille, tactile porn. You scrub the window a little faster. <laughs> <laughs> you guys even haven't eaten beer yet, and we've already, already got full of edits already. Well, that, well it's a legitimate question. I believe it is a legitimate question indeed. Well, fair enough. I mean, this is interesting. It's being developed by Ford Italy. Uh, you know, again, this is it's a prototype. They're just sort of playing with this technology. I, I don't know. No, it's not. It's not like it's coming to cars anytime soon. Uh, my question to you guys, though, uh, this is interesting, but I don't know. Is it? Is it really all that useful? I don't know. It's. It's one of those things. I think you'd have to experience to actually understand and see how it works. Feel how it works. I, I guess so. I mean, I guess for me, I just feel like it's neat and all. But is there anybody asking for this? Like you know, in terms of where we could put um, you know, development dollars and, and research and development um, aids. Uh, I don't know. Is this high? Should this be high on the list? Well, and the other thing is, as you're, as you're driving and these LEDs are changing, you know, you're going to be feeling poles and parking meters and people and like, how, I just don't really understand really how it works and what the refresh rate is. Well, and, and what, well, the, it, what the you actually you actually snap a still. Okay. Yeah, you snap a still and then you examine the still. So it it takes it takes a picture, it converts that picture into grayscale, and then it has different vibration levels depending on the shade of gray, uh, how dark it is, um, and presumably you know a dark um, darker color would be stand out a, more a higher, higher vibration. Right. Sure. But so you're, 
Sure, but, passing through. Oh, sorry. Yeah, but but I mean, as far as uh, whether or not it's something that people want, um, did you did you watch the video? No, you know what? I did not watch the video. So the, in the in the video, they interview a few blind people who who are, have used it, and hmm. uh, they seem pretty enthralled by it. Is that right? Yeah, oh, well, they seem okay, really well. interested. Um, you know, because I mean, you think about it, sitting in a car, just you know, tooling along in a car can be. You know, unless you've got something else going on, some sort of entertainment or something, it, it can be roughly akin to sitting in a sensory deprivation tank, right? True. So now we get distracted blind drivers. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we have enough problems, don't we? <laughs> no, I'd, like, I'd also like to point out they're not doing this on the front windshield, Ryan. This is on one of the side windshields. So. Uh-huh. Yeah. so what happens when there's something, the, the blind person sees there's something good? Do they elbow the driver and the driver looks at it and then gets no, you distracted are the driver. driving? Uh, but, you are the driver. It's autonomous vehicles, wasn't it? No, no, no. no, no, no. no. Oh, I thought it was autonomous. No, no although okay. that's an interesting thought. Like, this is something certainly that, you know, eventually maybe it, maybe it would be part of it. Hmm. You know, okay. a self-driving car that... Yeah, it's not going to be long uh, and blind people are going to be able to drive again. I don't know. I still think to. that's a long. Not in Vancouver. Away. We can't even get Uber or Lyft. Yeah, Ryan, you say that every every episode. People around the world are be like, "This guy really has a bug up his ass." Absolutely. Uber. Well, you watch the news every night, and people couldn't get out of downtown again on the weekend, you yeah, know, because we don't have enough ways out. So, I just don't get it. Yeah, they should stay down there then. <laughs> Till you're trapped down there, that's you need right. to get home. Well, I mean, this is interesting. I mean, I hate to, I, you know, I just certainly didn't mean to put a negative spin on on anything that's being developed that that you know helps, you know, helps the the cause of of inclusiveness or anything. But you know, you still, you, I still, you know, assistive technology in general. I think we'll get into this conversation a little later. Um, but I mean, in general, the state of it is still a little broken in terms of. The, the technology that's out there is so cost prohibitive to the people who actually need it. There's still a real imbalance um, in the field that I think needs to be addressed. We really need to, to really work on the, the technology that drives the industry to try to make it more affordable for, for, the, for the demographic that actually requires it. That's true, but when you consider, and I'm not justifying it, so don't don't take this wrong, but when you when you're trying to recuperate your research and development costs, and you've got such a limited market, you've got you've got to play one off against the other in order to be a profitable company. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, you look at Braille displays and Braille embossers, that technology hasn't changed in 20 years. So the R&D should have been paid off by now, I would think. You know? Well, I mean, a lot of times when you're talking about a device, you're not necessarily just paying for R&D. You're, you're paying for things like, you know, the molds that they have to do to, to create the outer shell. Right, the you outsourcing. Know, that that the... in itself is a quarter million dollar venture for most companies who are going to produce a... Uh, you know, a mass manufactured product. Um, so, you know, then, you know, like Rick says, you got to balance it off against how many units you're going to sell mm-hmm. in the lifetime of that product. And there's a lot of things that go into it. And, sure. You know, so it's not just R&D. There's, there's, yeah, other, no, no, there's no. other development costs. Too. Yeah. No, I, you know, again, I still don't think, you know, Braille displays and embossers should be $5,000. 
No, they yeah. probably shouldn't. Yeah. Oh, well, absolutely. I yeah. mean, that, and that's kind of my take on it too. I mean, we we and you know, I said we we're going to talk about this later, but f- I guess we'll talk it now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that's he's, that's exactly. He's only a third of a beer in. He's already dropping the f bomb. That's right. Woo. And he was the first one. Yeah. Listen, I don't wanna, I, I'm the one that has to edit this. M- so uh, I'll do what I want. <laughs> it's gonna be some bleeps. That's right. No, uh, that's that's a, one of the examples that you know I thought of when I was thinking about this this morning. You know, was was you know in Braille in general. I mean, we're such advocates for Braille literacy, yet you know a lot of these electronic Braille devices are so expensive that a lot of times that you know the people that that really need to use them, they they can't actually buy them. You know, they're you know how many times have we been at or have you been at, at booths and, and conferences and stuff? And, you know, blind people love to, to come by the booth and, and look, but it's like they're window shopping. They're, they're, they're dreaming about the day that they're, they're able to buy something like a note taker because they just, they really can't afford it. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> and, true. And unless you're lucky enough to be in a, a province or a state that has some, some funding options available to you, a lot of times it's just, you know. Out of reach. Yeah, absolutely. So that's that's what I see as the problem. I mean, you know, assistive technology is amazing, and some of the technology that's that's driving the this new generation of stuff like wearables and and all these mobility aids, it's amazing. But the downside is that it's just so expensive to to develop this stuff that it's not it's not trickling down to the people who actually need it. The only the only place we're seeing headway being made with that is is you know in in innovation through new technologies, you know you look at um, uh, devices like the the Orbit or the Canute where they're using a different Braille technology right. altogether, um, you know those those sorts of things are, are bringing the price down. But um, you know anything that's reliant on on the traditional technology is is not really moving anymore and i i wonder if they might have hit rock bottom as far as what they can do for pricing and still you know remain competitive in the marketplace uh because you know there hasn't been there there was for a while some downward um movement on the on the pricing largely through competition but it hasn't moved much since then Mm -hmm. so i don't think we're going to see that technology really drop anymore. It's going to be new tech that comes out that's going to do it. Um, and maybe there will be, you know, something that's, you know, utterly disruptive and in the, in the marketplace. Cause even the, the orbit and the Canute, um, they're, they're not ideal for, um, you know, say, uh, computer accessibility because right. they don't refresh as quickly mm-hmm. as, uh, as the, uh, current technology does. So, you know, we need, we need somebody to come out with, you know, one of those, uh, array addressed, um, um, shape m- metal, uh, or sh- memory, yep. memory, what are they called? Memory plastics, memory polymers. Polymer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, somebody, I think it was HP, was experimenting with that a while ago, but nothing nothing came out of it. So something has to come along sooner or later that's going to that's gonna, um, replace our current technology at a, at a cheaper price. But we just haven't found it yet. Well, what do you think about the idea of um, price drops in, in terms of AT companies that, that leverage existing mainstream technology to sort of use as a foundation to create some sort of an AT solution where they can they can drop the price because they're using this this mainstreamed 
popular. So one one example that comes to my mind is the the Iris Vision that mm-hmm. that you sell. Um, you know, they're using as a basis. They're using the Oculus Rift. Is that right? They're they're using the um, the the Samsung S7 phone uh, in a in a uh, Oculus designed uh, headset. Right. So these are two mainstream products that they've put together, and then they've they've put their own. Yeah, they've put their own software on it. They they've kind of repurposed the phone so that when it starts up, it starts up to this this Iris Vision software. Um, you know, they've they've put tactile markings on the on the headset to to make it uh, a little more accessible. Um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, you know you look at um, a product developed specifically for that market, the eSight. It sells for ten thousand dollars U.S. versus this, which is a repurposing of a of an off the shelf product, which is I think thirty three hundred right Canadian. Yeah. Um, so what's that in U.S. dollars? It's probably around twenty twenty. <laughs> but but see again, you know, again when they're when you're using mainstream products like that that are being mass produced, you know, wherever overseas, and, and they're able to acquire those cheaper than having to make. Um, parts specific for a specific piece of AT equipment, mm-hmm. like a Braille display, for example, you know, that's that's going to drop the price. That's going to help drop the price. Yeah, so, it, yeah it is. I, I think, you know, going forward, I think that, that that has some real potential to be able to drop the price of some of this stuff. Is so it's that, within reach of, of right. their target market. You yes. know, but that that's that's dependent on the mainstream, you know, embracing this idea and, and allowing for these mainstream products to to be used um, as but platforms. but again you know um, the Samsung S7 how how much longer is Samsung going to be making the S7 well that's true I mean uh, <clears throat> you know cell cell phones tend to cycle around for a couple of years but, yeah but, but yeah so uh, still, you're right, sooner or later they're gonna have you know to. eventually they're gonna turn over a new model and well you're gonna have to rewrite the software Potentially, yeah. You know, so there are pitfalls into leveraging sure. the mainstream stuff as well. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a really good point. All right. So so while I'm thinking about it, I, I'm going to change the topic here. Okay. Uh, because I, I don't want to forget about this. I, I want to do a giant shout out to McDonald's. Because um, when you go into McDonald's now, you can you can order um, and have, they'll, they'll deliver your meal to your table. To your table, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. And they give you a little, uh, a little disc with mm-hmm. your order number on it yep those discs now have braille on them those really? are right yes <laughs> yeah all uh, mcdonald's are rolling out these discs that actually have braille on them however the braille's painted on what <laughs> <laughs> the braille is painted on it is flat <laughs> they've taken the time to paint so they're just the like braille dotted? characters yes the braille characters in paint yeah yes. they're not tactile they're not tactile at all are you serious? Oh my I'm serious. Goodness. So Is this McDonald's, McDonald's <laughs> you dumb sons of bitches. Somebody Jesus didn't do their research. Dancing Christ. <laughs> I mean, how stupid did, do you have wait, to be? Did, did you did you witness this yourself? Or? I, have, I have a picture. Did okay. That's funny because Linda didn't mention anything. We were at McHappy Day last Wednesday. I wonder if they've. I, I wonder even, if that's just in Canada. Or you know what? I wonder. I wonder if they even know. <laughs> yeah. Some, well, I mean, I, it's a legitimate question, right? It is. I, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's Braille. So all you need are the six dots, right? <laughs> so let's paint them on, and then we can claim that we've got Braille on oh our table my. delivery system. 
Wow. I, I bet you somebody hasn't <laughs> hasn't thought that out. That somebody would be in production. Really funny. That would be my guess. Yep. Hmm. So, Holy crap. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm just showing Rob the picture here of uh, the uh, number 14 mobile t ordering table service. And then underneath it, painted on the little disc, they have the Braille number sign and, you know, one. Dot one Are you one. serious? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah one of four. Wow. And it's, paint, it's painted <laughs> on. It's painted on. Yes. It's totally flat. That's funny. Well... Do we give so them points for trying or? No, I, no, no, we don't give no, them points No, I think for all trying. of our audience should email McDonald's and say, hey, what's up with this? You dumb sons of bitches. What are you thinking? All right. Yep. So look in the show notes. We'll have the contact information for McDonald's. Contact your ADA. <laughs> Demand a free sausage. The American Dental all. Association? <laughs> <laughs> Eat at McDonald's often enough, you might need it. Might. I think we should go over to McDonald's at lunch and see if we can complain. Maybe we get a free lunch. <laughs> That, yeah, that's, it's not, somebody didn't think about that. You think? <laughs> no, I mean that that that's that's somewhere. That's just un, unbelievable. That's way up the line. Mm. Somebody somebody's been given this project and and thought that this would be a way to approach it and didn't do their homework. Or they put it out to bid and they said we we need you to put braille on these on these discs. <laughs> that's a possibility. And they went, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll put braille on those discs, no problem. Then they that's got a possibility. Then, then McDonald's got all the things and they were flat and so well, you never specified they actually had to be lifted braille. Wow. Whoops. Yeah. So then you need to hire somebody with a Dymo label maker. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's right. Just go buy one at Staples. Oh. Uh, that's probably how they'd approach that, you know. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Uh, hey, here's another one that I wanted to talk to you talk to you about guys about. Uh, this is just new this week, I think. Uh, Volvo will have Google Maps apps and assistant built into their cars going forward, uh, even if you don't have an Android phone. The company, so Volvo announced today that it will add Google Maps assistant and Google Play Store to the census infotainment system in Volvo's next generation cars <laughs> over the next few years. Yay. Yeah, that's, that's, that's exciting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you guys are making it easy. Sorry. No, it's a... Uh, well, no, but don't you, like, I don't know, I get, I'm getting the sense, and maybe this is just because, you know, I'm coming off of, of writing a a blog article last week about all about the virtual assistants and, oh, and right. Google assistant. I mean, I don't know. It seems to me we're, we're really heading down this road of, of having these assistants built into almost everything. Uh, I mean, I think, I think the move is, you know, cars, um, they've, they, they already have, um, earbuds, the, the, the pixel, the pixel buds, right. They have Google assistant built into them. Mm -hmm. Um, smart speakers, uh, I just read an article. This is hilarious. Did you read about this article about, I forget what luggage company it was, but they had to discontinue their smart luggage because, of course, the airlines were refusing the luggage because they had batteries built into them. So huh. you, you weren't able to actually use them as luggage because, you know, obviously... Have, batteries can explode. And, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they had to, they actually, you know, discontinued them and hmm. went back to the drawing board, I guess, because, again, <clears throat> somebody, somebody in marketing didn't think that out. But um, but no, so I mean, there is a real move to to really. I, I think over the next two to five years, we're gonna really see one of these virtual assistants sort of take hold and sort of be lorded over all the other ones, and then that I think is gonna be really start 
to be built into almost everything. And what strikes me as an interesting conversation would be, is that going too far? Is that, is, is that when, when we have an AI assistant like that doing that much thinking for us as a society, is that going to be a good idea or is that just going to make us lazy? Oh, it's, it, there's definitely the potential for it to make us lazy. There's no question. I mean, I don't even well, I don't even know my wife's phone number anymore because I can go, okay, Google, call Jackie. Yeah, and, exactly. And it does. So You yeah. don't even have to get up to turn your lights on anymore. You know, if you've got automation set up, you can just sit on the couch, turn your TV on, turn your lights on. Yeah. So, so we can all get fat and happy without yeah, getting off the Chesterfield, mm-hmm. just having Google do everything. Well, it's probably not the voice assistants, though, that, that really are going to be the problem down the road. It's going to be when we actually have the physical assistants in the house. Right? Yeah. Get me it's a like, beer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hey? Get me a beer. Go, go make me a sandwich. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> can you cook us some chili while you're at it? Yeah. Then your personal assistant goes, get you a sandwich, mister. <laughs> Yeah, and then see, then it's just going to go. Then we're just going to have the robot rebellion. That's right. And it's yeah. just it's good. Yeah. Oh, hell, light on the mail. Over. Yeah. No, but seriously, then like, they then they get the vote. Yeah. <laughs> oh, damn it! Yeah. Uh, it's going to be Blade Runner all over again. That's no, right. um, they'll be out in the streets burning their packaging. But but no, it does it does like the idea that there's going to be an AI out there that because you know every every cycle we're seeing them improve these these assistants they're they're improving the ai that's built into them they're making them more intuitive they're, they're making them more responsive in a quote human way um all all in an effort to really i, I think place these in the center of our lives and and you know coming off of the, the whole facebook controversy where you know all this technology seemed really innocuous at first um now down the road almost 10 years we're realizing hey wait a minute maybe this is not such a good idea and of course by by now and we we saw this we we saw oh the horses the, out of the barn no. the horses out of the barn people you know this cambridge analytica scandal hit and facebook usage did not really take a, a no. hit at all uh, because it's too ingrained in, in the society, right? And There's more to it than that, though, I think, because I, I, I believe that most people who use Facebook fully understand that they're essentially ceding their privacy to this organization, that they're, you know, they I think they're aware that whatever they post up to that platform ultimately becomes public. Uh, you know, I, I don't think it really came as any surprise that, the, their information got out because uh, our information has been getting out for years. I mean, look at how many freaking email lists you get on if you've just had an email for more than a year, you know, mm-hmm. all of a sudden. And, and you might have signed up for one or two things maybe, but you, you're, you're getting crap from, you know, Nigerian scammers and and uh, all, all. And how do they even get your email address, yeah. you know? Where does it come from? Well, odds are they're either... Um, getting it from somebody else or um, they're um, they're just starting to use combinations and seeing what sticks that's right yeah they're they're buying it from somewhere they're buying probably great honking lists and they're infiltrating your email and you know that's just the reality of it well did you hear Cambridge Analytica is actually closing its doors yeah I saw that really yeah Yeah. Yeah. out of business yeah Yeah. that doesn't doesn't surprise me but I mean that being said I mean that is only part of the the Facebook problem Mm -hmm. even the privacy I mean that's the the problem that got all the publicity of course 
Um, but I mean, there has been this growing movement of, of ex-Google employees and ex-Facebook employees that have been speaking out yep. against the the nature of Facebook itself and like calling it like a dopamine, and, a dopamine yep. closed loop and all well, that stuff. So, I mean, all, I think that, you know, all in all, I mean, I think the, the, the implications of Facebook, the negative implications is still, you know, still being examined yeah well look at look at the article i read an article the other day that said uh, it was uh, a young woman had posted it that um facebook uh she had 600 apps um that were all facebook related it's like what are you nuts is that all <laughs> you do is spend all your time on facebook it's I, not even that so much when i went in and, and looked at my data i had 34 apps that facebook had used to sign me into stuff and basically, every time you, you go to a website like Spotify or Pandora or whatever, and you click, you know, sign in using Facebook, that now gets associated to your Facebook. So unless you go right. into your privacy and your apps and delete all that or turn all that off, all that data is still being accumulated out yeah. there with all these other apps. And there were apps in there I hadn't even heard of, but there were 34 of them that had my information. Yeah. Yeah. But to go, go back to your AI. You're right. Um, at this stage in the game, um, the human <clears throat> intelligence, it's not real high. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, that's right? the I scary mean, thought, right? Well, that's and, exactly And you it. know it every time you look at Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Or Twitter. Yeah. Well, just, well, wait, just wait. Facebook is adding dating to their, to their social media. But I mean, you really, have to, really, you yeah. know, and, and I know you, you kind of say that, <laughs> you, you still know. be able to poke people. <laughs> <laughs> South, south, south. <laughs> no, it's but it's seriously like you, you know. You, I know, I know. It's, you know that's you're saying that as a little bit of a tongue in cheek, but I mean, but it, but it's true. It's but you true. Have to, but you have to wonder why that is, you know. And I think that a lot of it has to do with people don't read anymore. People mm. don't consume information the same way that they used to. And I don't think that getting fed information the way that we do these days necessarily facilitates critical thinking and 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 i can see that as being a problem especially in the newer generations in the younger generations that's their formative years they're not consuming information like we used to no, no they're no, on their no, uh, they're on the digital devices right. from the age of two right and and you know i think that the long-term impact of that uh is still yet to be felt Oh, I think it's going to be detrimental. Yep. Uh, well, it could be, it could very well be. And so going back to my point, I, I think that it's important to have these conversations with, with these new types of technology. We're so used to a new type of technology coming out and we're just like, yeah, sweet. This is awesome without really looking downstream, at, downstream exactly. its applications. Right. And I think AI is one of those things that we need to look at down the road and go, okay, what are the implications of creating these virtual assistants what what's could be the long-term impact of making a society where information is being <clears throat> fed to us through a single ai information source you've uh, you've seen terminator right exactly <laughs> well, <laughs> well didn't we talk about this kind of on a previous show maybe last year where we did you know we'll end up having sex of elitists and you know, people can afford the, the higher in technology. Oh, yeah, we'll we, have, when ro robotics, I think. We're, yeah, yeah, maybe right. the robotics episode, yeah. You know, but Microsoft as well, I saw this morning, is setting aside $5 million a year for the next five years yes. on making AI accessibles. Um, but, I mean, at least AI 
given the current political landscape, can think of all the um, twists and turns and come up with a, a reasonable, logical decision rather than just being push the button. Right. Sort it out later. Yeah, but I guess I guess for me what I what I think about is that, you know, if everybody's getting the same information from the same source, isn't that where oh, we start it could to be get altered? In, that's certainly that's, but but I mean that's where we get into groupthink. Right? If if we're not thinking for ourselves, if if you're not, you know, reading something yourself, you know, accessing that information or sorry, you know, processing that information and then critically thinking your way through to an opinion and instead you're just getting you know one set of facts that everybody else is getting and here's your opinion spit out to you i don't know that that's fox strikes. news yeah <laughs> <laughs> you laugh but i mean good lord 10 years ago would we have thought that the u.s would have state-run television no no probably not you know it's but, it's scary i mean the uh, i think the biggest issue that I see with um, services like Facebook and Twitter is confirmation bias because people tend to repost things that they tend to agree with or which fit their worldview but it's so easy to repost that stuff without critically thinking about what you're posting um, that there is a ton of misinformation that's out there I mean the, the the Russian scandal for, for influencing the election and, you know, all of these guys that they had creating fake news and, and propagating fake news to try and polarize the, the election in the United States, um, they, they, on their own, they couldn't do anything. It took everybody else reposting that stuff to develop a, a critical mass to, to, uh, to really, you know, make any kind of effect on that election. But, um, you know, you, you see... You know, I saw one on, on Twitter the other day. Somebody had posted this thing about how every school mass shooter is a Democrat. They're all Democrats. Every single last one of them listed a whole bunch of them from, from like, the guy who shot uh, Lincoln on all the way down. Uh, you know, guy who killed Kennedy. They're, they're all Democrats, every single one of them. And they're not. No. It is provably false that they're not. And in a lot of cases, you know, like, Oswald was a Marxist, for Christ's sakes. He wasn't, he wasn't a Democrat. He... he went to Russia for goodness sakes because he wanted to be a good communist you know yeah, it's yeah. not the same thing as a democrat you know yes you can say he was he was far left but he wasn't a democrat you know um, and uh, people see stuff like that and they go oh Jesus mass shooters are all democrats Boing! and they, they repost the thing well now their friends have now seen that and some of them are going to repost it and some of them are going right. to repost it yeah. it's that, well, and so on and so on thing right I mean, well, you, can, you can put anything out there if, it, if there's even a hint of it possibly being true yeah you know I, it might not go viral but it'll go. Yeah, and I've been guilty of doing it myself. You don't know, see something come up and, you know, I'll get all outraged by something. It's like, oh, that's outrageous. I'm going to repost that. Bing. And then somebody comes back and says, y you know, that's bullshit, right? And it's like, really? <laughs> yeah, well, sure. I mean, and this is, you know, I see this is part of the problem. This is where AI becomes, I, I like, I don't know. I don't know, even know what the word of it, word, word for it <clears throat> would be. But like these algorithms that are running where you're getting fed the information that some piece of software, some some neural, you know, AI net thinks that you're going to be interested in. Yeah. And so puts you in this bubble, this 
you know, this cognitive bubble that, right. you know, here, you know, so, so you're only fed what, what feeds into your own narrative right? with, without getting fed, you know, alternate views. Right. And that's dangerous. And I think that that's, that is part of the problem with this whole notion of, of tribalism that we're well, certainly seeing I think, I think seeing it's in, very in polarizing. <clears throat> oh, Absolutely. Totally. And yeah, it's. It, so you know it's a problem. I, you know it's it's a as a society. I think that it's something that you know at even just, just as a global society. I mean, because this is not something that's exclusive um, to North America. Certainly, um, we need to have these discussions and figure out. Wait, is this are these really a good idea? You know, have we sold our 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 souls in in a sense for for technology? Ask Google. He'll tell you. Yeah, exactly. She'll tell you. Yeah. So anyways, uh, I thought that was interesting. So, you know, uh, we, we went way we off, off the Volvo we topic. Way <laughs> off topic there. But yeah. So you, our minds wander. But that's that's actually. Senility. The, that is kind of what I want to talk. I mean, it's neat and all. Uh, I, I mean, I think that, uh, like, don't get me wrong. I love the Google Assistant. I love the fact that they're continuing to improve it. Um, I think it has, you know, wide ranging AT potential that's still being developed. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, 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 it's definitely an exciting time. I think though, as people, we do need to, to be a little bit more cautious before we just uh, go full hog and, and start, you know, embracing these technologies to the degree where they're just, you know, completely consume our lives. I, I agree. And it's easy for us to say as old fogies, but, you know, 20 years ago, using a cell phone, or 25 years ago, using a cell phone was expensive, prohibitively so mm -hmm. in some cases. Now, it's like 100 bucks a month, you can talk to whoever in the hell you want, however long you want, wherever you want, for mere peanuts. Right. So, I mean, if you're, if you're marketing to the current generation of techno-savvy kids, there's no reeling it back in now. True. I think the bigger issue is, uh, you know, these we, we know that these personal assistants are listening to you all the time. They're looking for, for keywords and phrases, right? So if you're in your car and it's listening to you all the time, it's going to influence some of the advertising you get. Yeah... So anyways, yeah. that's a larger conversation. But, uh, we had the larger conversation. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> All right, moving on. All right, uh, here's a question for you guys. Blue. Uh, and you may not, may or may not be prepared to answer this, but uh, too bad. Uh, what was uh, one of your standout episodes for the year? And if it helps, let's, let's see. The Christmas episode. Well, the Christmas episode is always a standout episode. He asked for my vote. That was my vote. <laughs> yeah. you know, un unboxing the prezies. That's always good. So I guess I'll start. Um, you start. Uh, well, I think I thought the Blind Beginnings one was one of my favorites uh, just because I just think the world of, of Sean Marcellet and when what she's done with that with that organization and the and the real power of that organization, the message that they're sending and the impact that they're having on the, on the kids that they're working with on a, on a, um, regular basis. Um, you know, the fact that they're empowering them and making them feel like, um, 
they're not limited to what other people think that they can do is an incredibly powerful message, especially especially with you with the younger generation. And that's what we need to really invoke change going forward. In people's attitudes. Yeah. 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 Education, you know, and and uh, you know, like in terms of educating people outside of the community that, hey, you know what? <clears throat> Blind people can do almost anything. So I, I think, I, you know, I really see that that, you know, is really important work. And I was, I was really fascinated to, uh, to hear what she's doing and, and uh, both times that she was here. I mean, I, I, I'm, you know, uh, I'm stunned at the fact that, that uh, the chance that she took in, in leaving her job and, and creating a nonprofit uh, must have been incredibly scary, especially given the fact that, you know, she is also visually impaired. So, um yeah, I just I really enjoyed that show and really thought it was uh, I, I was happy to, to lend any sort of support that we can to, to her organization. And hopefully I'm, what I hope is that, you know, people all over North America who listen to this podcast, you know, can go back and listen to that episode and listen to what they're doing and, and maybe emulate that in their own communities, because I really see that that's that's what's going to make the difference in the future. Yep, she's definitely doing some incredible work, and it would be nice to see what she does replicated in a lot more places. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, the other episode that I would also pick uh, would be Daniel Kish. Yeah. That was a fascinating conversation, and you know, it wasn't so much about his use of echolocation. I thought it, it really, the, the conversation that we sort of got into after we had talked to him about that, this idea of almost a, Again, a, a cautionary tale about using technology too much mm-hmm. and and using it as a bit of a crutch when you could be using your own natural abilities to your own problem solving skills, your own common sense. Uh, or, I, I thought it, yeah. I, I thought it was an interesting an interesting counterpoint to generally, you know, the 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 driving points of this podcast. So I I, I don't know. I found I found that conversation really fascinating, and I and I enjoyed sort of looking at the other side of it in the sense that, you know, technology is great, but we ought to be careful in, in uh, just how much we want to rely on it, especially when there are these natural abilities that we, that we have that we could be using in lieu of that. This is a technology podcast, Rob, you're fired. I know, I know. I, so far we've been very anti-technology in this, in this episode, but I, it raises some interesting questions. I and mean, I think we, you know, we got to be careful. Technology is getting to the point where it's changing so fast that, you know, if, if we change too fast and implement too much, we may open Pandora's box. And two, two years from now, Rob will be found on the side of a mountain in a cabin with a tinfoil hat on. <laughs> with a 24-year-old and a... <laughs> yes, yeah, I wish. Pot of Viagra. <clears throat> I'll, head to the, I'll head to the woods now for a 24-year-old. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I'll survive Skynet's nuclear blasts. <laughs> we, we can hope. Um, all right. So, thoughts? Any, any, uh, anybody else have any anything that springs to mind in terms of uh, conversations or, or episodes that that you guys really liked? No, I think you know. For me, I don't have one in particular episode. I've been, I guess, I don't know what the word is. I, I've been happy to be able to get a lot of the guests that we've had on in the past year, like Autism on the Seas, 
um, David McDonald talking about web accessibility. Okay, actually, hold hold on one sec before you before going. I would I would just like to go on the record right here. It's our anniversary show. Ryan, you are doing an incredible job with booking the guests. Oh yeah, you've yeah you've been working hard. You've there's never been a week where we have had a hole and that we haven't been able to get somebody. So good work, buddy. Well, this is recorded. <laughs> nice I'm impressed. Thank yeah. you. Edit, edit, edit. edit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got the original. <laughs> <laughs> That's Rick Blunt smoking yes, his ass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> thank you. All right, sorry, now, sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, you know, we've had a lot of um, impressive guests over the past year. You know, people that have something to say that I personally would never have thought of looking up, like Autism on the Seas like Inclusio, you know, the accessible apartment building. Yeah. Um, and just some of the detail and depth they go into in making their homes accessible or their services accessible um, has been really impressive to me. So I've, I'm just really happy to have the people on we've had, and I look forward to this coming year. Yeah, and I think that that's, you know, part of this podcast's mandate, I think, is, and it's, you know, that's changed. I mean, you know, looking back over, over the past two years, we really didn't know what we were doing. Still don't. At first, and, you know, in some ways. Still, still reaching out to anybody who'll come on the show. Still don't, but no. But, but I mean, in a lot of cases, you know, I think our goals have always been to educate, to let people know, in the community know of, of maybe an app that they didn't know of or a service that they didn't know about. Um, or somebody's story that maybe somebody somewhere can can get something out of. Yeah, there's enough technology podcasts out there if, if that's what you're looking for, and that's not what we've ended up being, and I'm happy about that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm glad we're, we're more than just tech. Yeah. So. Yeah, I honestly don't think we would have lasted if we were just doing tech. Yeah. Sure, I mean, I mean, how many, you know, how... Well, I mean, and not to not to discount the tech not at all. podcasts I listen that are to them out all the there. Time. Yep. They do an incredible job. Yep. Uh, and I don't somehow I, I don't even know how they do it, how they manage to come up with weekly, mm-hmm. uh, you know, bi-monthly shows, completely, you know, doing unboxings and, and yep. digging right into all the different features of all the different products. They do an incredible job. It's mm-hmm. just it's not not what our forte is, I don't think. Can you imagine if we were doing nothing but interviewing technology? Okay, our guest today is going to be a uh, accent essay synthesizer. <laughs> How are you? Accent ready. Well, thanks for coming on the show. That's uh, that's been great. Okay, are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> Next episode, we'll be talking to a Dynavox. Good. <laughs> yeah, that Inclusio show was was really good. I actually enjoyed that too. That was I think you missed that one, Steve. That was with the Yes uh, I did. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was pretty interesting and, and really sort of opened our eyes to just how much work has to go into uh building an um an on automated accessible living space. Yeah, accessible yeah. and and you know, home automation is not as easy as as a lot of people think and certainly not as easy as as some of the mainstream devices want you to think yeah it's not like just throwing a google home or an amazon echo in your house and you know a few light bulbs and away you go it's way deeper than that yeah people don't realize the depth of of what needs to happen to automate a home and you know that that sort of goes back i saw i saw a really great quote um from neil milliken from uh, Access Chat uh, over the weekend, too, I thought was was incredible, and I think it speaks a little bit to how I see the podcast and our role in it. But he he said, 
Everyone can do something to contribute to making the world a more inclusive place. Hashtag be the change. And I thought, that's so cool. That yeah. is that's perfect. That's how I see our podcast. You know, and that's and, exactly and I, what we're doing. I've been living with that. That That's one of my, my mantras for life. I will drink with anybody. <laughs> <laughs> be the change. Yep. Hashtag be the drunk. There you go. <laughs> I think when you need to pour a shot of tequila. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why would we no, pause I'm, for that? I'm, okay. We're going to keep rolling. You never know. We might we might end up talking about something interesting. On the table, about 9 o'clock, uh, 3 o'clock from your... South. Looking for. South. East, west, 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 west. No, no, wrong table, wrong oh, table, yeah. side table, <laughs> yeah. Towards me. No, nope, down on the table. The, the other south. Right there, you got your thumb in it. All right, so that means we, we, we're pausing... Well, we prepared for station identification for our, well, hold on. Ryan's fallen in the corner. <laughs> no, I'm good. Just had to get my mic back in front of my face. <laughs> so I had to pause. We have to do our obligatory shot for the second year anniversary yes, we'd like podcast. Yes, th- we'd like to thank our unofficial sponsor, Tarantula Azul Tequila. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> unofficial sponsor. Thank you. I think maybe they need to step okay. up to the plate. Sticky weasel. There's citrus sweetness. All right, everybody. Wait, don't drink that yet. We I'm not. Toast. I'm waiting. Uh, do a toast, Steve. A toast. Oh, oh, sure. Put me on the spot. Uh, to the Winnipeg Jets, who may <laughs> be able to knock off the San Jose Sharks tonight. By the time this episode is actually posted, it'll be in the history books, whether they have or have not. But uh, go Jets. Okay, that's a terrible toast. But all right, whatever. <laughs> all right, all right. Hang on, hang on. I can do better. To absent friends. Or sorry, it's not even the San Jose Sharks. It's Nashville. They're they're playing. Okay. <laughs> Butts. Yeah. Okay. So uh, to um, uh, to the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> to want... absent friends. To absent friends. Absent friends. Yeah. All right. Who's absent? You don't know. That. Oh. Rob, what? if your face freezes like that, man, that Jesus. 24-year-old is going to run. I'm still, well, we're hoping to go back to Alberta on Thanksgiving. I'm hoping to find the strawberry tarantula. Thanksgiving? Yeah, I look for Wait, it every time I'm there. I know. Yeah, they yeah. have strawberry. I've oh, never been able to find damn. it, though. Yeah, like you think this is good. That, that strawberry will probably knock you in your ass. That, the face that Rob just made, he doesn't think this is good. <laughs> oh, he this loves is this good. Stuff. No, this is good. That's, yeah, that's... he likes this. That's my O face. I bring it a bottle. It doesn't taste like tequila at all. It no. Uh, it tastes. I don't know. What flavor is it? Citrusy. It's citrusy. Citrusy. Kind of oh. lemon lime. I've got like regular tequila upstairs. If you prefer that. No. 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 <laughs> I, I prefer it. I prefer it stays in the bottle. Actually. Yeah. Rick, Rick actually turns that shade of blue uh, that, that the tarantula azul you is know, from any kind of tequila. So. You know, given that you know, and we've been pretty serious. With this episode, which very unlike our last, our one year, maybe maybe we should uh, tell the monkey story. Maybe uh, we sh- <laughs> maybe we shouldn't. <laughs> now we're not talking no, curious, it. George. <laughs> oh come on, come maybe on. we maybe we should. I love that story. We have a lot of new I listeners. Love that story. You got to you got to tell this story. <laughs> a lot of new listeners who have never heard the story. I just as soon as not. Oh, come on. Uh, <laughs> come on. Or somebody will do it for you. <laughs> oh, well. You know what? To keep the facts straight, yeah, it might better. be just as easy that I do it. 
Now, the, I, I will take no questions, <laughs> and I will get no comments as the as the story plays out. That seems unlikely. So it would just be like a, a White House briefing. <laughs> <laughs> so many moons ago, when I was with the military, we, um, we pulled in alongside the wall in Gibraltar. And being the duty driver that night, I uh, was tasked with driving the van that we had with us and into and out of town and dropping people off at the local pubs and picking them up and dragging them back to the boat when they were three sheets to the wind. Um, and the last run out, uh, the guys who were on watch asked me to pick up some pizza. Um, so that was fine. Um, and I did the last run and I had to park the van in a locked compound um, and turn the keys over to security uh, because it wasn't actually our van. It was it belonged to um, the Brits. And uh, I was walking along the jetty with uh, uh, several boxes of pizza and un unbeknownst to me, um, I got... I could hear this scraping noise and couldn't figure out what the hell it was. And what it was, was a monkey with a stick <laughs> who hijacked me and decided he was going to take the pizza. And um, the, the Gibraltar monkeys are actually descendants of the Barbary apes, and they're, they're quite vicious. Um, and at that point, they weren't being controlled by the... Um, people on on the rock that actually is are there now uh, controlling them and, and you know there were some quite aggressive ones um, so the long and the short of it is, is I got the shit beat out of me <laughs> I went back to the by a I, monkey with a stick by, by a monkey, monkey yeah, by several well, monkeys well let's several, clarify several not, not little squirrel monkeys no no you know? no 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 not little squirrel monkeys at all this was not a macaque no no so, so for those people who might have been driving by in a Volvo car where that took the picture of it <laughs> like let's let's just imagine for me what that would feel like if you're feeling another, the image of a monkey beating somebody with a stick for their pizzas Anyway, so <laughs> so the long and the short of it is I went back to the boat. I had no pizza. I looked like I'd been beaten with a stick, literally. <laughs> and, uh, I want to ask questions so bad. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the, the monkeys went on to die of cholesterol poisoning. <laughs> yes, yes, they did. And years later, like just in the last two, three years, we went back for my our 25th anniversary. And I was concerned about going to Gibraltar because of these fucking monkeys. <laughs> but anyway, that's the story of, of Rick and Gibraltar the first time around. So when you went back the second time, did any of the monkeys look at you and go, I remember you. <laughs> go get some, no, go, no, what go happens is... get me some is, pizza, oh, white boy. Mushrooms. <laughs> oh, mushrooms and green peppers. No anchovies. What happens is they've called the, uh, they called the um, aggressive ones. Mm-hmm. And they've shipped them back to wherever in the hell they shipped them back to. Huh. Um, but the ones that are on the rock now are very much tended to and cared for by the people who, who um, it's, a, it's a park, right? So by the people who work for the parks. Did, did you go to the park? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And did it was funny because there was a, a little oriental kid, oh, maybe two, three minutes behind us because we walked, um, we walked up the rock. 
and there was a little oriental kid behind us who had a bag of popcorn or smarties or skittles or whatever the hell it was and when they heard the bag rattling it was like mass exodus huh. right and and the park tells you do not have food items do not have plastic bags uh, do not put your backpack down and leave it because they'll go through it <laughs> um, keep your camera around your neck because they're just little rat bastards is what they are yeah they'll steal anything um, and the kid behind us had this bag of food and it was like there were there were monkeys coming out of the woodwork migrating towards this food and the the uh, park keepers realized what was going on and and went and rescued the poor child but i had visions of oh shit i know what's happening <laughs> it was bad look for the one with the stick <laughs> it was really bad so i uh, i knew exactly what was going on uh it wasn't pretty. That's a yeah, great story. It was a great story. And I mean, I remember when Rick first told us that and, and the... And years the, later, the I'm still hearing about it. The outpouring of sympathy that he got from us. <laughs> was negligible. The fact that we snuck into his workstation and changed his desktop <laughs> to monkeys. Referred and, to him as monkey boy for years to come. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yeah. yes, you did. Yeah. So, good times. All right. That was a good... That was a good... Uh, good aside. Yeah. Good aside. <laughs> And you guys are still assholes. That's <laughs> That's true. You know, I have to say that, you know, it's funny too. You know, the other thing that, that struck me looking back at, at all the, the past episodes over the past two years, you know, we've really gone through a lot over those two years. We sort of went, went from, you know, we're, we're all working together at, you know, at the same company to, you know, where we are now, you know, working for Steve and, you know, with his own company. So we've we've really sort of gone through a lot uh, in our personal lives and in our business lives as well, and uh, I have to say, you know, that's that is certainly something that I was thinking about this this morning. I was like, you know, I I really miss going in and seeing you guys on a daily basis. I I, I find the social aspect is one of the biggest pitfalls of what yeah. I do now. Yeah, it really is, and I mean, for for the three of us, it's not so bad because we at least see each other. For the podcast once right. a week. Yeah. And plus, then, plus, we have social skills. Rick Rick has. <laughs> yeah. He's he's starting from a lower point. So if he's losing social skills on top of where he's at now, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> You're an asshole. That's right. If those monkeys saw him now, they'd be like, no, don't don't mess with that guy. Surly. Like, no. We beat some surly into that. No, that's why, that's, why I, that's why I so enjoy Breakfast Club. That's right. Yeah. Is yeah. because I get adult conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, my goal for this year is to get us to the point where we can afford a physical office space because, you know, we, we need a showroom. Yeah. You know, we need a place that people can come and see product that's in a good location. Um, but, uh, yeah, we just got to get there, you know, but that's goal. That's our, that's our goal for this year. You're absolutely right. O over the course of the last, call it three and a half years, four years, um, there have been some very major um, events in in everybody's life, you know, from buying companies to finding a partner that was an asshole to running it in the ground to everybody being dispersed in the wind, you know, everybody losing their jobs to, you know, holding out hope that God forbid, because we don't want to we don't want to be anywhere else. And that has been consistent with all four of us, 
is we didn't want to be anywhere else. That's right. You know, we wanted to be together and we're stronger together than we are apart. And, you know, then Steve spinning up to a new company and me spinning up to a new company. And then, you know, we're in cahoots together uh, doing referrals back and forth to each other. And it just feels really good to know that that core is still solid and it's still intact. And, you know, we're still an entity um, as much as we were. So not much has changed there other than what it looks like on the surface. Uh, Below the surface, we're still the same group of people. Well, you know, and that's interesting, too, because, you know, that that year that that we were sort of adrift, uh, you know, it, it led to some real soul searching, at least on my part. Oh, um, all of our parts, I'm sure. You, you know, and, you know, the assistive technology field was really something that that for the first time. Um, I, I, you know, it, I, I really realized how important it was to me, you mm-hmm. know, having worked in that field for mm-hmm. 15 years. You know, I think that that even late in the game, like I kind of still felt separated from it. Like I remember when I first started at Aroga Technologies, learning about uh, assistive technology because you know I had no clue that any of this stuff was out there. I was like most people, like you know, I, I had no idea until it enters your life. You don't realize what kind of what kind of equipment is out there, and so that was real a real eye opener. And even though, you know, I I you know, did all the marketing for, for Aroga. I, I think I still felt a little bit of a degree of separation. I still didn't really understand all the terminology. I didn't understand exactly how all the equipment mm-hmm. worked. I mean, I was, I was sort of just, you know, making brochures, you know, doing the website and stuff. And it wasn't until I think that, you know, late, late in the game, um, after the takeover that I really, and, and actually, to be honest, when we started doing the podcast, that I really started to, to go to the next level in terms of learning about the different technology that's out there and seeing the impact that it has on everyday people's lives. That really, that really took hold to me. And when I was faced with the idea of maybe going and doing something else in a different field, I didn't want to do it. Like mm-hmm. I was just like, I, I, I just don't want to work outside this field. Yeah, it really, it really does get into you who you are like the very fabric of who you are absolutely i mean and i was i was doing a little bit of soul searching um a while ago while i was thinking about this particular episode in fact that you know it really did change who i was Mm -hmm. because it really does change how you see people because no longer do you see people by their limitations but you see people as just people like you know, you you humanize people. I don't, I don't know how to pronounce, I don't I don't know how to say this without potentially being um, inflammatory. But you, you see people with disabilities as people first, and not being identified through their disability. Through their disability, right? And right. I think I think that's what a, a lot of mainstream society does when yes. they don't when they don't have experience with people with disabilities they, absolutely they they do see the disability first and that's you know obviously something that that societally we need to change but um but yeah um you know it, it would be nice to say that that you know we uh 
we were more enlightened when we started this than maybe the average show, but I don't think we really were. We weren't. I certainly you know, wasn't. We, we learned it along the way. And, uh, um, yeah, I wonder how we translate that into how, how can we, how can we expand that out to more people? We should, we should do like a podcast or something. <laughs> we, you, you, you know what? You know what? I've been doing this job coming on to 24 and a half years now. And the first four or five years, I, I specifically remember the interview that, that Bob and Barb and, and you and we all did together. And God, she was scary. Yes. <laughs> and, I remember my interview too. Hi, Barb. And Bobby Lane and Barb. And, I think Steve was probably in there too. And, and um, you know, I, I had just gotten back. I was overseas and I was looking for a job. And, and Steve said, you know, come, come and at least interview for this. And we all sat down and I said, you know what? I really, I really don't want to do a t assistive technology. I want to actually stay mainstream computer. And I said, I'll, I'll give you three years. It's not going to, you know, mainstream computing is not going to take off on me in three years. I'll give you three years and, and then, you know, I'll, I'll reevaluate then. And Bob looked at me and he said, you know what? I, I need at least a five-year commitment from you because stuff in this industry changes fairly slow and you're not going to be of any value for me to me for at least three years. And for me to put money into training you and getting you up to speed, I would see no return. I, I chewed that over for oh four or five days and and eventually I I came back and I said yeah sure okay but I'm starting after Christmas because I, I would like to have Christmas holidays with my family so that was that was that but I don't think oh, over the next 10 years eight years um well five years came and went and it's like well I'm actually having fun so I'll I'll stay and I was meeting all kinds of cool people. But I think I, I plateaued about year seven or eight in my mind. And then um, somebody came into my life, which absolutely turned me on my head. And the next 16 years, I have learned more from Ryan than mm. half of the people that I've, I've actually brushed elbows with you know i mean i i had never guided somebody i had never um thought about braille menus or alternative format menus um i'd never thought about uh, a closed glass door being a uh, a a, a um, barrier so it really it really twisted my mind around coming from a, a, being able-bodied to being somebody with some kind of a disability. And I, I think that's what cemented it for me was, you know, there are people out there who have disabilities who are still people. Uh, every single one of them. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, they're people first. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And, and I, like I say, I have learned more from Ryan than any of my compatriots 
Yeah, I remember telling people, you know, even even initially while while we're on the Ryan Ryan Yay Ryan bandwagon. <laughs> so, <laughs> look, listen, listen. <laughs> I'm gonna archive this episode. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> wow. It must be the your tequila it's that I've been drinking. Feeling the Love Ryan show. It's time for another shot. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, exactly, dude. I was just gonna say it's almost time for another shot. I've only had a donut, so that's gone right to my head. <laughs> but no, like I I re, I remember like the first time. Like, you know, uh, guiding him across the street to get something and, you know, walking him into curbs and stuff like that. Uh, You know, you don't even think about it. The first without even thinking about it. Yeah. 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 I mean, and why would you? You know, you're not used to somebody. uh, That's true. Yeah, kudos to Ryan for putting up with this. Okay, Ryan, so we're going to walk over here. Oh, sorry about that, man. That's, uh, that's like, geez, oh, that's I'm sorry. Here. No, I, I have been an asshole over yeah, the course of the last 16 let's, let's years. Let's walk past oh. this lamppost. Oh, shit, sorry, Ryan. I Jesus. think the only one in here who hasn't been an asshole is Rob. <laughs> Steve's got the escalator trick. He pulls on me every time we're somewhere out in public. Wait, what's that? Uh, Steve, as, he, as, as Steve, we're walking along. As we're walking along just spontaneously, I'll say, okay, we're going down the escalator. And, and he'll start, start crouching. And, <laughs> and he gets me every <laughs> time. <laughs> every time. Oh, awesome. I've been with him 18 years. <laughs> one, one of these days, I'm going to actually take him down an escalator. <laughs> and he's going, I don't believe you. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. Uh, I don't know. Should we do another shot? If we're going to do another shot, we better do it now because then... All right, then do another shot. Is, yeah, <laughs> just, just a halfer for me. Cause, halfer? Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, are we ready? Yeah. Yeah, we're ready. Did you put mine over here? Uh, yours I know is on the corner of the... Now it is on the table. He's moved it to the corner of the other Sorry. one. No, Ryan moved it. Rob just filled it. Right there. Yep. Okay. All right. All right. Rick, Salud. do a toast. All right. Uh, what are we toasting today? I, oh, I, actually, I got a good one. Uh, to Bob and Barb Vigorette, hmm. who are directly responsible for all of us yep. getting into this business. Bringing true. us Absolutely. together. So, That's true. Good health to them. So wherever uh, they are. Yeah. Whatever they're doing. Cheers. Oh, cheers. Okay. Well, then we should just, should we just wrap it up? Um, I mean, I had a few other things that we could talk about. I mean, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, language. Le langue? Well, you know, it like there's there's a real movement now. Like the, the word disability, there's a there's a negative connotation that's getting a little bit of pushback in the community about it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I find that like doing the marketing for us, you know, I found that. I've been a little bit cautious because we've been actually called out on it a few times using the wrong type of language to, you know, describe the community. Like, I, I do understand it. Like, I do understand this, the, the notion of taking ownership of a word and like deciding like as a community and deciding whether or not it's appropriate. Or it's not. appropriate. So. You know, for example, like instead of sort of the disabled community or, or the disability community, say, saying the, the challenged community or... No, I think that's even worse. It, it's, the differently it's, abled it's community? Tricky. Well, it's uh, tricky. Uh, and, and I think... We've I, gotten two so politically correct in well, society. Politically, politically correct. correct in society that you're not going <laughs> to please everyone all the time. It's you true. Know? It's true. But, you I mean, like the even politically correct, though, I mean, like I remember when politically correct 
first became a term that that had some relevance, which was in the 90s. Like, like, like there was a real pushback against political fuckery. boy. <laughs> I've had some shots. Shut up. <laughs> Time for third. Let me, let me distill this down for you because you, you've apparently taken the distillation down already. Look, there, there's no way that you're ever going to please everybody yeah. all the time. You, you can't. You, you just can't. And a phrase or a word that is offensive to one person is not going to be offensive to another person. Um, I mean, you you see regular instances where communities will take up um, different terminology, uh, different words to refer to themselves, but they don't want other people using those words for themselves. Prime example, in the blindness community, there are people out there who refer to themselves as blinkies, or at least there used to be. Maybe they don't do it anymore, but there are ones I'm out blind. There. I am not visually impaired. Yeah. My vision is not impaired. It is gone. Right. It's I like blind. The, the deaf and hard of hearing, right? Yeah. You don't tell a deaf person that they're hard of hearing. They're not hard of hearing. <laughs> they're they deaf. They don't have no freaking hearing. Right. They, they are deaf, and they identify as a community. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we are going to make gaffes sooner or later we're going to you know because well for starters we drink and we're idiots but <laughs> but but on top of it i mean even though we're trying to be sensitive sooner or later we're going to use the wrong terminology when we do we apologize we move on right you know and and it doesn't matter if it's a term that we feel is innocuous because we're the ones coming at it from the position of privilege um you know if somebody feels that we are using a phrase that they find uncomfortable even if we think it is unreasonable we apologize and we move on right you know and that's all we can do well and that's the trickiness of the english language you know like i don't know how many times i've been watching tv or seeing an article online that talks about you know this new product is accessible accessible is such a generic term it really doesn't mean anything anymore well i mean and you know the 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 core of it is that words don't have meaning, they have usages, right? So, and, and those can change. And what, what dictates that is the community that, that those words pertain to. So, you know, it, it, like I agree, like, the, like there, are, there are plenty of communities that have taken a word that was previously derogatory, say, and they've, they've owned it. They've said, you know what, this is our word now. We're gonna use this word, but you can't use this word. And, you know, yep. and so the gay community certainly has have have words like that. Um, minorities have words like that. Um, so and I think that those are the people that certainly have the right to guide the rest of us as to what like how they want those use granted those words. Granted. Used. Uh, OK, I, I see where you're coming from, but we are not only dealing with somebody who's deaf, hard of hearing, blind, low vision. Augmentative communication. Um, so to in able to use a, a broad term to address all of those, you're going to have to use disabled. Well, uh, there's others who would argue with that. There, there's those who would say uh, you, you could use other abled, yeah, for example. Okay, okay. And, and I, I don't have a problem with that, but what I'm saying is irrelevant of of it being blindness or, or, or whatever, even if you use disabled, you're going to offend some of the people of each of those groups. Yeah. Yeah. 
And if you do, you're right. You you have to own up to it and say, okay, I'm sorry I've, I've offended you. Um, this is what I was meaning to portray and move on. Yeah. Here, here's the problem that I see is that is that there's a real real climate of outrage out there. Like people, there there are certain people that really seem to be like they they just wait to feel outraged. Like they 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 gain power from that somehow. And so the you know the, and I think that that that's the climate that needs to change. I we, mean, we call them civility impaired. Yeah, sure, right? Like, yeah, I think that you have to look at the context before you get outraged. Like, you know, if if it's somebody that is like their 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 meaning is well-intentioned, but maybe they use the wrong word, I mean, cut them some slack. Um, right. But this, I, I, but that's okay that. to point but out. But that's like, you know, but that's okay exactly. to point it out, but point it out in a in a appropriate manner. But, but that's yeah. like somebody who's a road rager. It doesn't make any difference what you do. You're going to piss them off. That's exactly it. Uh, right. I think there are people out there that, that just, they, they sort of thrive on this, yeah. This, yeah. this notion of that's outrage. Ex- that's exactly and right. They just, they're just waiting for somebody to, make, to say the wrong word. And, and they hop all over it. And with, they hop with, all over it. Without taking into context of what that person is actually yep. trying to do or, yep. or say. Yep. And I think that it's important to balance things out. And while, you know, so... I, I don't know because really at the end of the day you don't want to encourage people to not talk about these things because especially in the disability community we the conversation is important we want to bring these topics to light it's important for the mainstream to understand what what needs there are yeah if you don't if you don't talk about it there's never going to be a better level of understanding that exactly it yeah. and and education and 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 visibility is so important to the to the um the disability community right now that you don't want to you know discourage people from talking about it because if you're jumping down somebody's throat every time they use the wrong word they, they'll stop they're just going to stop they're they're going to yeah. stop talking about it so there has to be a real balance to it Absolutely. So, and you know, it's it's funny you should mention this because I've had this idea percolating around in the back of my head. You remember, um, I, I might have told you, this. and you needed some tequila to bring it forward. <laughs> Probably, clearly. Um, you you remember uh, I talked about uh, Sean and her kids doing a skit about what not to do with blind people, right? And I really, I, I still do want to get her kids to perform that in real life situations and videotape it and turn it into a video about what not to do with blind people. That's actually a great idea. But, um, let's talk about that more off mic. I would, I would love to do that for other, uh, types of disability as well, because people in wheelchair have people who come up behind them and grab their wheelchair and start driving them places. You know, every disability has, <coughs> you know, some, something that happens to them that, that, pisses them off mm-hmm. right that, that the because people are making assumptions and dealing with them in ways that are just screwed up because out of their lack of understanding i would love to do something where we can improve that understanding um when we were on our cruise out of barcelona i met a young man in a wheelchair 18 19 years old his his sister who was a couple of years younger and his parents <clears throat> i mean we just got on like a house of fire but i'd walk up behind him and he's in his wheelchair and i'd just start shaking the chair right and and 
he he knew it was me and and we'd go tearing around the the ship and you know we're knocking little old ladies out of the way like bowling pins <laughs> and all he could do was was scream and yeah. laugh and you know we just had so much fun together well keep in mind too you know when we were all in school our high school had a special classroom for people with disabilities they weren't integrated there was no inclusion right that's, that's a right. problem yeah, we have inclusion same, now right same, same for my elementary school yeah. my high school there was there was inclusion in my high school but yeah but that that brings up an interesting point when you talk about <laughs> grieving because this, one of the other things that one of the other notes that i made for this episode that i wanted to talk about was i saw a tweet by somebody named daryl hilliker shout out to daryl hilliker i don't know who you are but uh you're you're in my twitter feed so hey uh, but he tweeted something that I thought was interesting. Um, he tweeted, one of our local blindness agencies is so desperate for us to grieve our daughter's blindness um, as some sort of loss, but I refuse. I just don't get it. If we're grieving blindness as a loss, then it's no wonder we can't get equal accessibility, etc. And I thought... That's a real interesting take on this I agree, because, yeah. because uh, it, you know, it all comes down to able-bodied people's perception mm -hmm. of disability. Somebody with a disability. Yeah. Yep. Here's, here. And that's what needs to change. The disability well, community is, doesn't need to change. It's, 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 it's able society's perception. The, yeah. This is what's at the heart of it. With very few exceptions, and, and I would say that, that a lot of the exceptions are people who have been opportunist, opportunistically disabled. Um, most people who have some kind of disability do not want your sympathy. Right. They don't want it. Um, it doesn't help them at all. It doesn't give them anything. It doesn't make them happier. They don't want it. They don't need it. And when you try and give it to them, it pisses them off. Yeah. Rightly so. Um, so our default condition in the able-bodied community, I, I really hate that word. <laughs> that, I actually hate that word more than disability, honest to God. Yeah, because, I'm, I'm with because you. It, but... Because it suggests that we are somehow... Superior. Better. Yeah. But, but the default condition within our community is... If somebody is disabled, we should feel sorry for them. Right. That's ingrained in us. Mm -hmm. And we we don't mean it maliciously when we try and empathize or sympathize with somebody, but we still come off as assholes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, to to the to whoever we're we're dealing with. Um, and you know, how do you how do you bring about that fundamental change so that people don't immediately look at somebody with a disability and say oh poor guy well and it well, comes down know. to education you know like i don't know how many times and i'm not alone in this i see tweets and stuff on facebook all the time but i don't know how many times i've gone to an airport to travel and you know they bring a wheelchair to help get me to the gate <laughs> i'm i'm not paralyzed i don't have a mobility impairment i'm blind i'm capable of walking from one here to the to other gate a. right you know but it's ingrained in them it, it's i guess how well, they're trained to grab not, the wheelchair not, well know. not only that but um, even though they may need a guide, you may need a guide, they may not be willing to touch you or let you touch them. But I then guess. society has to ask the question. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that, that's not what I'm getting education. at. What I'm getting at is, you know, is, is that what's going on in the background? This person is, is blind. 
um, if they sit in a wheelchair, we can get them there faster, more more conveniently um, than by guiding them. Because then, you know, we're not going to be running into anything. I don't have to be able to brief you as to if there's stairs coming up, you know, we don't have to go down an escalator, whatever the case. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be right back to, I understand uh, you know, that perspective. somebody, somebody with no experience. Oh, sorry, Ryan. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? I would think the major air carriers have all oh, been uh, you, trained. Well, they you should know all have sensitivity be, training. But, but they, they you know. get what, you know, maybe they get oh, yeah, half, exactly. half day of how yeah. to deal with people. But with still and all, I mean, you yeah, know. Yeah. No, I understand that side If you, if you, if you want to be a top-notch airline and you've got to offer top-notch service well and just ask you know if you're coming to me if you know i'm coming in and you're there with a wheelchair just ask you know would you like a wheelchair and have me guide you or are you able to walk you know just ask the question yeah i saw on facebook uh i can't remember who posted it but somebody posted on there that uh they 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 were a guide dog user and uh normally they would get the uh, window seat so that the dog could kind of be yeah. off off to the side and such but for for whatever reason they they i think they had a middle or something but um they got they got seated on the plane and somebody came along who was supposed to be in the seat next to them and the stewardess flight within, attendant flight attendant <laughs> within within earshot of this uh person with the guide dog uh, started saying to the person, "Oh, I'm sorry, you're sitting beside somebody with a with a service animal. Are 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 you okay with that? Is that an inconvenience for you? Are you allergic?" And and too uh, f- bad. That's what it should be. Yeah. Yes. Um, but uh, uh, the person said, "No, no, it's not a problem. You know, whatever." And she, "Oh, well, you know what? We'll we'll give you some free drinks or something. Something, <laughs> something to make it something to make it worth your while." Wow. And and this guy is sitting here thinking, "What am I like a leper? Yeah. You know yeah. that they've got to acco- yeah. that they've got to accommodate that guy wow. because he's so inconvenienced by my dog sitting under my seat. Exactly. For yeah. He's not even yeah. sticking out. He's not yeah. infringing on his space. Wow. What the." F- is this guy going through mm. that that they've got to buy him drinks? Wow. Yeah. And they did. They on that flight, they they came back to that guy and and they offered drinks to the guy on the other side. Would, would you like some some drinks? It's Unbelievable. Come. But they didn't to the guy with the guy dog. Wow. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. The, well, back to this young man in the in the wheelchair. You know, um, we had such fun together. There there are um, places on the cruise ship where it's just a, a glass uh, elevator entryway and you know i'd leave him there and and go out the sliding doors and just keep walking right and, and he knew i was coming back and <laughs> and he was great and uh almost two years later they came to vancouver and stayed in north van at, at the pinnacle and uh, we were supposed to meet out on the out on the pier uh where the old shipyard used to be and i sneaked up behind him and I grabbed his wheelchair, and I just started to shake it, and and he knew exactly who it was, <laughs> right? And and so later on that evening, after the the two kids were, I think they were watching a movie or something, the parents came down, and mom came over to me and put her arms around me and and gave me a hug, and I mean, you know, Claire's lovely, and she said thank you, and I said, what do you mean? She said, well, you know. He's been talking about this trip for six months now, about wanting to see Rick again, about about this and about that. It's like, you know what? He has, I mean, he has a great personality. He's a he's a fantastic kid. Yeah, but other people don't see him that way. Yeah. 
And and that just broke my heart. It really right. did. I know it's sad. It's, because it's he's such a fantastic so young man. Yeah. And you know what it comes down to every time is just education. It's just <laughs> pe- time spent thinking about and spending time with people. But I mean, really, and because that's the only way that you can really overcome this idea of seeing past the disability to the person. And I think I think it was Ryan Absolutely. that opened sure. my eyes to that. My t- man, mine too. Well, and even, you know, speaking from somebody who is blind and was sighted for 23 years, you gain a deeper appreciation for your disability versus others. You know, during this podcast over the last two years, having in, having the interviewees that we've had has given me a greater appreciation of, wow, I'm only blind. It could be a lot worse. And, you know, it's all about personality. It's all about attitude. It's what you do with your life that makes all the difference in the world. So, you know, like Rick says, you know, this, this kid may have had a disability, but he had the attitude. He had the personality. He was a great kid. He didn't dwell on his disability. You know, he just lived life the way he knew how. So, Absolutely. And I mean, this, this opens the door to a huge conversation that we don't have time for. <laughs> both Rick and Steve are like pointing at their wrists going, time, dude. We gotta go. We gotta do. Uh, <laughs> listen, uh, fascinating discussion. This shows me, you know what, we should do, we should do in the year coming forward, we should do more shows where we just do this, where we just sort of freeform and, and just talk about different uh, things because uh, I, I think that, that... I think that, the last half of this show has been... The best half. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, because there was tequila before that. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I'll give you that. If we'd started the tequila at the first half, we would have been good by the quarter point. Yeah, we, should, we, should, we should do that, Ryan. I'll talk to Ryan. We'll, we'll, uh, but it's been a more meaningful second half. How's that? It's been more philosophical. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. This is good. Yeah. Uh, hey, Ryan. Rob. Where can people find us? As usual, atbanter.com. Oh, we're going to see if we can do the uh, email with uh, on drinks. Okay, they can also <laughs> drop us a line, atbanterpodcast at gmail.com. Woo-hoo. Well done. On tequila, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we better leave that one in. <laughs> I think we should. <laughs> uh, where, uh, where else can people find us, Steve? Well, people can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Fantastic. Uh, tell us a little bit about where they can find Canadian Assistive Technologies. Canadian Assistive Technologies, if you can stop yourself from sniggering at the uh, URL, can be found at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H dot com. Mr. Rick Chant, where can people find Chaos Technical Services? Well, Chaos Technical is online at chaostechnicalservices.com. Or you can email me at uh, uh, at chaostech at shaw.ca. Except for those Gibraltar monkeys. You can email us at dot com. Going to get an influx of of monkeys typing up pizza orders. Hey, Rob, you're an asshole. All right, that is going to do it for us. Thanks, everybody. If you've listened in for... Since the beginning, well, good for you. <laughs> Shows you've got our condolences. Stamina. It does. Uh, we appreciate every one of you. We Indeed. absolutely do. And we, you know, thanks for listening. We hope we bring some meaning and some value to what we're doing. You are the reason that we're doing this. So thanks again. 
And uh, we'll see everybody next week without tequila. Yeah, we have to go to another shop. Oh, okay. Apparently, I have to go to the bathroom first, though. No. Yeah. Another shop. Shot, then bathroom. Oh, shot. No, bathroom, then shot. shot. Then bathroom. No, oh, it's shot. only an ounce of Okay, liquor. everybody. Thanks. <laughs> the cue the Just is fine. Cue Drink the, the liquor. Cue, cue the, the music. music. <laughs> More cowbell. More cowbell. This podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H.com. Or call us toll-free at 1-844-795-8324. For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com. Music provided by bensound.com. Master of the one take.